We are beginning a new series today. We finished Ephesians a few weeks ago after many months working our way through. And we're beginning a new series, um, which is, I've given it the title, Getting Our House in Order. Because that is uh, what we have said our vision is about this year. This year, the focus uh, of Hughesley Baptist Church is about getting our house in order. There's lots of things that we need to do. We started off a few weeks ago by clearing out the cellar and the loft. And we had an interesting time, those of us that were here, finding things that we hadn't seen, well, for me, ever. But for some of you, there was a bit of reminiscing that went on. Oh, I remember that. Oh, we did that. There were things that Debs had made for a holiday club or a Sunday school about 20 years ago or something and pulled it out and went, golly, I remember these. And they went straight into the back of her car because they weren't in use. They weren't fit for using again. Um, And off they went to the local recycling centre. There were other things, um, various boys' brigade and girls' brigade things. Not so much girls' brigade, mostly boys' brigade things. Boys' brigade have a lot of stuff, is what we learnt, including kilts, uh, including camping equipment and some instruments and all sorts of things. Uh, and some of that we realised actually we weren't going to use it anymore. It had gone beyond its useful life, so it's got passed on to other places. Uh, some of it is kept. Currently, uh, the room at the back over there is just full of all the stuff that we need to put back in the loft. Uh, and uh, what we plan to do um, in the next, I'll say, few weeks, because we haven't actually got a timescale for it yet, is we're going to clean the cellar because it's a little bit dusty there's a hole that we need to fill in Uh, we're going to paint it we're going to put some shelves in there so that we can put the things that get donated for summer fairs and christmas fairs etc for the church and for cornerstone we'll put in some storage space for those things rather than it being piled up in a corner in the back room and then we can maybe make the back room a bit nicer to use etc etc but there's has anyone it's been it's been somebody's had it there was a cobweb that hung down. Is it still there? I can't see it from this angle. Oh, it's there. Look, there we go. I've carefully moved. I was looking in the wrong place. There's a cobweb that hangs above my head. And it's a little bit distracting at times. I often wonder, or have done, if it will one day fall on my head. Or I hope that it's on one of the weeks that I'm not preaching and I sit at the back and can watch it land on someone else. <laughs> but it can be distracting. There's, there's bits of peeling stuff. There's, there's that space that there's plaster and it would be nice to have something there and all those sorts of things that we've talked about be nice to sort those things out and make it look nicer there's various policies that we need to have a look at because we haven't looked at them for ages there's the boring stuff that you have to do as a church that once you get organized as a church you have to have policies and we need to look at them there's various things that we need to do And so we've said this year, before we get too carried away and excited about going, do you know what, there's all sorts of new and fresh ideas that we might want to put into practice. We might want to do all sorts of things. Before we get into all of that sort of thing, actually, we need to sort a few things out. So we're going to do that. I don't know how well you know this story of the Israelites leaving Egypt. The reading today from Exodus was they'd left Egypt, they'd, been, they'd escaped, they were being led by Moses, and then Moses is given instructions for the tabernacle that they are to build. 
And instructions are given for the ark. There's a table, there's a lampstand. You can go through Exodus. Um, there's burnt offerings, there's oil, there's a courtyard. There's all sorts of things. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read this or looked at it in any great detail. But in the reading today, and this is God setting up where he's going to dwell with the Israelites uh, whilst they're in the wilderness and as they enter the promised land. He didn't need it beforehand, but at this point they need this tabernacle. And it says, these are the offerings you are to receive from them, gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple and scarlet yarn, fine linen, goat hair, ramskins, dyed red and hides of sea cows, acacia wood. If you know the bit before this, you know that they were in Egypt and they were slaves. And then they left Egypt and they went cross through seas and things. Have you ever wondered where they got the stuff from to make these offerings? How on earth, if they were slaves, did they have gold and silver and bronze to give us offerings? There you go. Back in Exodus 12, verse 31, it says this. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds, as you have said, and go, and also bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise they said, we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders, in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favourably disposed towards the people, and they gave them what they asked for, so they plundered the Egyptians. Now, I've got all sorts of questions about the fact that they plundered the Egyptians, but I'm not going to get caught up uh, on that at this time. The fact was, when the Egyptians were seeing the Israelites leave, and the Israelites began to go, Nobody knew that there was plans for a tabernacle or for a camp or for an ark. They didn't know that. They were taking the things and they presumably they wore the gold and the clothing and they, had a, they looked very splendid, I guess, as they left. And then, because God had got a plan, he knew what was going to happen. He had provided what was needed. Now, as a church, we have been provided for at different times in different ways. Most of you will know that Usley Baptist Church began as Sunday school in a house across the road. It started off small. There was just a few people meeting in a house and then that grew. And then uh, the, the Baptist tabernacle was built at the end of the road and it moved into there and then it expanded and came here. And then because the repairs needed on the building down the road, we were able to move into this building and now we've got Cornerstone. At different times, God has provided in different ways. And he's not just provided the resources, but he's provided the people. Because... If different people had been here at the time that Cornerstone was starting up, actually it probably wouldn't have happened. Because it needed a pool to get it off the ground. It needed his vision, his insight. 
So God has provided for us as a church through the years. We're here now and God is providing for us at this time for what we need. And he's also put in place the people and the things we need for the future. Now, we've got a challenging year ahead. I don't know if you've had a chance to to read uh, the uh, monthly notice sheet that Faith puts together. I've written a little bit in there. And it talks about some of the challenges that are facing us in the coming months. Some of those things of sorting out policy. It's not exciting. I can't imagine anyone going, can't wait. Been looking forward to having a good look at the health and safety policy for quite some time. That's going to be the, that's the one that's, that's where God has gifted me. What a passion I've got for health and safety policies. Or child protection. Or expenses policy. And we can make a list. In fact, we have. I don't know if any of you are excited about, you might be excited about seeing the cobweb above my head disappear. But you might not be excited about being the person that actually does it. Or organising somebody to do it. Because that's not that exciting. We've also got some changes in our leadership ahead. We've got our deacons' elections. Wendy has said that she's happy, if someone nominates her, presumably, uh, to stay on for another three years, uh, which is fantastic. But Peter is looking at stepping down as secretary. So we're going to need somebody to step in, not into Peter's shoes, um, because he needs to keep those. And Peter's been secretary and it's been brilliant and he's done a fantastic job. And I hope that as a church we will do something to say thank you specifically to Peter for all he's done. But there's been different people that have had that role in the past and they've all done it in a different way. And the way that it happens in the future will probably be different again. Somebody, and I'm not going to name names, said, I don't know if we're going to find a secretary from the people that are our members. I just don't know if we will. I believe that God has given us the people that we need for this time. He's prepared the way. But what if we don't? And what if we go, you know what, I can't really be bothered to do the policies. They're a bit dull. I'll, I'll wait until the exciting stuff kicks in. What if we go, no, no. I, I've, I gave my time years ago. No, I'm, I just come to church now and, and it's nice. I like coming to church and I see friends, but I've, I've given enough already. What if we say, actually, I don't want to be part of this. And you think, well, would God allow things to get... Would, Surely someone will pick it up. God wouldn't let a church fail, would he? Well, actually, if you look through the history of churches and nations, churches come and churches go. If you look at the Israelites, they had good times and they had bad times. They had successes and they didn't. God does allow things to go wrong. If you look at what happened in Egypt, just picking up from Exodus just beforehand... Slightly earlier in the story, we don't read much about actually what happened whilst the Israelites were in Egypt. We know they were there for quite a few years, but we don't read much about it. They became slaves. It started off that it was a place of safety they went to. 
Joseph, with his amazing technicolor dream coat, led the people into Egypt, and it was a place of safety. And then, because they grew in number and the Egyptians kind of felt a bit threatened, actually, they didn't get treated so well. And so they spent years as slaves. But God had a plan and a purpose. Things didn't seem to be going right for the Israelites in Egypt. But then when the right leader came along, Moses was able to be called by God and he listened and he heard God and he spoke to the people and the people listened and they followed Moses. Now it didn't always go right for Moses either. We though are continuing our journey as a church. We're adopting a 2020 vision. We're calling it 2020 vision for two reasons. One is it's because it's for five years, which takes us to 2020, which isn't all that difficult to work out. And the other is actually because we want God's 2020 vision. We want a clear vision from God about where we should be going. And the the specific things in that are to become an authentic, multi-ethnic Christian community is one of the things we've said. It'd be great to see people of different cultures, different uh, Countries, different backgrounds, worshipping together. We have a few, we have a little bit of diversity, but we want to see that increase. So actually we reflect the community in which we find ourselves. We talk about wanting to maintain and to cultivate family ministry, not just the fact that we have families and children, but actually everybody from, um, at the moment it says whole lifespan. We've kind of said, you know, cradle to grave or womb to tomb were uh, phrases that got put out there. Actually, that we want to be a church that's welcoming to family and that we are a family, that whether you're one year old, uh, whether you're 100 years old, actually you feel part of this Christian community here in Usley. But we also say to genuinely share responsibilities based on gifts, skills and interests. At some point, we're going to need people to do things. And lots of you already do some fantastic things. Some people do too many things. And need to step back and give other people an opportunity. Some of the things we do will need to change slightly. Because... We're going to discover, as we look at, for example, our child protection policy, that things have changed. And policies change and means we have to do things slightly differently. And some of you won't even notice and some of you will go, oh, I can't believe we've got to do this. Bureaucracy, grr. That's what happens. But that's okay. We can look forward positively or we can get worried. Now, God has provided all that we need to achieve these things. The question is, will we allow God to use us because you see as we looked at Ephesians one of the messages that came through was that we're in this together it's not about me doing it I do know how to write a policy I've written a few in different jobs that I've had I don't enjoy it but I can do it but if I write a policy or if I paint a wall or get rid of a cobweb if I do it all then that that's not a community coming together to do it if perhaps you think, ah, oh, well, we've got, we've got Wendy, we've got Peter, and we've got Debs. If they do it with Rich, that would be all right, because they're the church leadership. They can get on with it. They can, they, they can tell us what's happening, and we'll just go along with it. But it doesn't work like that. It needs to be all of us in it together. If we don't pull together and take on responsibilities, if we don't stay focused on God and his mission, then actually... We might have to relook at our vision. 
and say, is this the vision that we're willing and able to fulfill? The first year of our vision into action is to get our house in order. There is, of course, the physical building. Then there's the administrative side of what we do. Then there's all the activities, so the Sunday school, messy church, Thursday fellowship, Bible study that I might lead, Sunday services. There's all the different groups that we need to look at and go, do we need to support them better? Do we need to look at how we resource them? Do we need to keep them going? Do they need to change in some way? Most importantly, there is the spiritual side of who we are and what we do. If we're not right with God spiritually, then we need to seek God. We need to say, God, I want to be, I want to be part of your vision here. I want to be part of your mission, but I want to know what your will is. And I want to be within your will. This has the potential to be a hard year. It has the potential to be a challenging year. But I believe that this is an exciting time because this is a year for us to fix our eyes afresh on God. I don't know if you ever watch programmes like Grand Designs uh, where you see somebody going, right, I've bought this plot of land and I'm going to build a house and I've got this idea and then they discover that they can't afford the architect or the builder and they, it takes three times as long as they first thought or possibly ten times as long and they change the design over and over. Or they buy an old building and they get really excited and I like the ones where it's an old building and they go, right, what, what we're going to do and they have this great vision and this plan for it and then they discover because the age of the building that they have to get kind of English heritage or whoever it is involved to say, oh, you know, you're not allowed to do that and you've got to use the correct brickwork and it's got to look just right. And then they begin to do the works and they start to peel back wallpaper or they start to dig down and they go, oh, wait a minute, I'm glad we dug down here because the foundations, they're not as strong as they once were. And if we dig any more, the whole thing's going to collapse. So now we need to put scaffolding round and they shore things up and they build extra stuff. And they spend an awful lot of time making it look exactly the same as it did before they started. And I always kind of smile and think, well, what have you done? Did you not realise when you bought that old building? Have you not watched a previous episode of this programme before you came on it? And then after that, Suddenly everything happens very quickly. After the bit where they've shored up all the foundation, they've spent 18 months digging down, laying concrete floors and making it all, making sure it won't fall down. Then it starts to get exciting. Suddenly walls go up really quickly and plastering happens, the electrics go in and, and within another six months they seem to have moved in. And it's all fabulous. And they do the tour at the end and for some reason they have freshly baked bread and flowers and you think that's not how anybody genuinely lives in the house, especially with the six children you've got, goodness me. But the first bit is challenging, the first bit is difficult. Because it's about perhaps digging back, it's about looking part to the past, remembering some of the foundations upon which the church was built. 
and going, yeah, that's who we are and that's what we're about. We might need to shore some things up. But by fixing the foundations, by sorting out the plasterwork or the brickwork, by getting our house in order, we are able to fulfill God's will and God's vision in the years to come. You see, God provided what the Israelites needed. And he has and he will provide all that we need. Before the building of the tabernacle, the Israelites didn't have a tabernacle. Before we go through this 2020 vision, we didn't have a 2020 vision. Things are going to be a bit different, not dramatically so, but there will be a few things that change. and There will be things that we need to take on. There will be responsibilities that we have to fulfil. But we need to remain in the will of God. And God's will is this. That we would lay down our lives in worship to him and in service and love for one another, just as Jesus did.